Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that isn't left is right. I'm your host, Holden Siri. Before we get started, I want to thank you for tuning in. I appreciate the support for this podcast, and before you go, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe, a follow, and think about which of your friends could benefit from tuning in on a regular basis. Last week, we looked at a handful of things that normies tend to struggle with and how they don't make a lot of sense. Those struggles don't make a lot of sense to most left of normals. This week, we're looking at friendships and some of the struggles that go into making or keeping friends. I'm going to start off with a few questions for Holden, and then Holden will have some questions for myself. So to begin with, Holden, today's topic is all about friendships and making friends. If you had to count up all your friends, how many would you say that you have? Well, I saw this question before, and I just counted it up. I believe I have around 11 friends. Out of uh, those 11 friends, uh, do you count, like, acquaintances and school friends, church friends, or are those 11 kind of good friends? All those 11 are just mainly school friends and yeah that's all I and some friend and some neighbor friends do you feel like you ever have trouble making friends or finding new friends well every once in a while but sometimes when I have a friend I keep it so I don't have to like look and search for new friends but most of the time sometimes it's trouble and sometimes it's pretty easy because I love making friends So tell me, uh, how would you go about befriending someone? Let's say you see a kid at the park. What would you say? How would you approach him or her? And how would you two become friends? Well, first, I wouldn't even say my name. I would just mainly say, do you want to go do blah, blah, blah. And then later I would ask for his name. And it mostly happens when I'm in different states because it's fun making um, friends with people I'm never going to see again, like from Mexico or Texas or Wyoming. All right. So would you say you, you don't have too much fear of just going up and saying, hey, do you want to go play this? I don't have that much fear doing it unless I really get up to it. Like, I always say I don't have any fear until it actually happens, and then I do. But it's mostly not that much fear. All right. And then we're going to change focus just a little bit here. Let's say you're out at recess playing on the playground. Do you prefer to play with your friends, or do you prefer to play with just kind of on your own and do your own thing? Well, I definitely prefer to be with friends, but if I have no choice, I just walk around. But most, I would definitely prefer to be with friends. And when you're playing on the friend, uh, playing with friends on the playground, do you tend to try to have your games be played or do you follow along with what everyone else is interested in? Well, mostly when I was in kindergarten, it would always be what I always, what I want to do, nobody else. But it's getting a lot better. Mostly we don't play games. We just hang out on the swings and just mostly just talk. 
Now, suppose there aren't other kids around to play with. That doesn't really happen at recess because there's always going to be kids at recess. But let's say nobody in the neighborhood is around and you can't get together with anybody. Do you struggle to play on your own and to use your imagination? or And do you find yourself getting bored? Or do you find it's pretty easy to entertain yourself and play without other playmates? Well, when I'm not using my Switch, it's the most boring thing in the world because I have nothing to do. So friends are basically my entire life. If I don't have any friends, I have nothing to do, basically. And so throughout our lives, we're going to make friends and we'll lose friends. Some will move away. Some will just decide to not be friends anymore. Sometimes you'll have a new friend for a little while and then you drift apart. Uh, What goes through your mind when you have a good friend and then they kind of just stop being friends? The reason doesn't really matter. It's just that you're not friends anymore. What goes through your mind and how does that make you feel? Well, I've had that experience with a friend named Liz. And, well, we're still kind of friends now. But what goes through my mind is I'm mostly just very, very sad. Because that's a very, most of the time it's a really good friend that I have. And I do not want to lose them. So, that's basically it. Do you think that's because it's hard to find new friends, or you just don't want to lose something that you cherished? Just that I don't want to lose something, because, like, me and Liz, we were together for quite a while, like, since the beginning of the school year till over half of the school year. And when she decided she doesn't want to be friends with me anymore, that made me very, 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 very sad. Do you have any other insights on friendships or do you have anything else you want to talk about or you think about when you're thinking about friends, kind of what goes through your mind? I just, whenever I'm thinking about the friends, I always, and they're not around, What the only thing I think is I want to be with them. And, All right, so Holden came up with a few questions on his own, and he's going to ask me about them now. So was it easy or hard to make friends when you were a kid? Uh, I'd say it was probably pretty easy, mostly because friends generally come from three different sources. They're kids that you go to school with, and so you're around them all the time. You kind of just have to be friends, otherwise... School's going to be kind of miserable for you. Very much so. Uh, otherwise, other friends came because you live nearby. They're your neighbors. And so you're just friends because you're somewhat around the same age. And then for us, since we grew up going to church, there were other kids that we were in youth groups and church uh, Sunday schools with and everything. And we kind of became friends with them just because we're seeing each other at least once a week. So it really wasn't too hard to make friends uh, as a kid. As I got older, it tended to get a little bit harder because you're not seeing the same people all the time over and over. So did you ever lose any friends as a kid because they didn't want to be around you or as a kid or an adult? Uh, I don't know if any of them just didn't want to be friends anymore. There was usually some sort of reason. Uh, We moved around a little bit when we were 
growing up. So I was born in Billings and we moved to New Mexico when I was about one years old and then over to Oregon when I was four and then back to Billings when I was eight. And so each place we'd meet new people and I'd get new friends and then I'd have to leave those friends because we just didn't live nearby anymore. Uh, Then growing up, sometimes kids would move away. They'd be the ones that moved and we'd lose those friends. There's a couple times that some of my friends were, their families didn't, I wouldn't say they didn't like our family, but kind of got into an argument or not even a big argument, just disagreement that, you know, our values didn't align anymore, which the kids' values aligned. The parents just decided that, you know, they wanted to take separate paths on raising children. And so I wasn't able to be friends with those kids anymore because... The parents weren't in agreement. So how do friends or how how do friends or how did friends react when they see you? Uh, I'm not 100% sure what you mean, dude. Like when they see me from across the room and they see me and do they like jump up and down and giggle and stuff? Or like... Not just friends, like other people. Did they look at you like, here comes Scott? Or did they look at you like, ooh, yay, Scott's here? It probably just depends on who they were. I like to think that they were all excited to see me and interested and, (coughs) and would be saying, oh, yay, Scott's here, but... I'm sure some of them kind of found me a little bit annoying. They find me very annoying. Quirks and different things that I do. But uh, for the most part, as as you get older, those things should level out because you'll understand more about how to act appropriately. And you'll figure out what those things are that annoy the people. And so you'll know that you need to tone those down. And then it depends on the friends too because some of them... They don't mind if you're loud and obnoxious and shriek a lot, whereas others won't want that. And so you have to kind of play to how how the different people are, and you have to know what they expect and what they like. So was it easy or hard to socialize with ADHD or Asperger's as an adult? Uh, I would say it gets harder as an adult, because you actually have to put a little bit more effort into it. When you're in school, you're forced to be in school. You have to go to class. You have to be in this class with the kids that are in that class. You don't really get much of a choice. And then as you become an adult, you have a little bit more freedom, a little bit more leeway. You get to choose, like in college, you choose which classes you want to go to and which groups you want to be a part of. And if you don't make the effort to go out of your way to meet people, then you just you just don't meet people. And so as an adult, especially with Asperger's and somebody that's not overly outgoing or extroverted, it can tend to be a little bit more difficult. So generally when I go out, such as when I have to go to networking things, some of the business after hours meetings, I usually go and I know at least a few people there. And so I find those people that I know, and then I ask them, hey, I want to meet some new people. Can you introduce me to somebody I don't know? So I have to rely on other people to help me overcome those obstacles. Otherwise, I tend to just kind of sit off to the side and watch and 
rather than interact a whole lot. So did you have anything as a child that you hung on to because of sentimental value like me? So not entire, not like a friend question. I'm not hanging on to friends for sentimental value, but objects, yeah, items. Like, yeah, like objects, pieces of paper and things that people would see and they'd say, this is just trash, and then throw it away, and then they wouldn't even know what's missing. But since you have the sentimental value on it, then you would obviously know what's missing. A little bit. Uh, there were quite a few things that I would kind of hang on to that they reminded me of an experience, like maybe uh, something like a, a game ticket. Let's say we went to a carnival and there's one ticket left over, and I kind of would hang on to that for a while, thinking, oh, I'll just be reminded of this great time. Almost like uh, some people put them into scrapbooks to remind them of those past experiences but then i found as time went on and i'd collect more and more of those things that i started to forget what the little scraps were all, all about and what the things were i kind of remember that they were to remind me of something but i couldn't remember exactly what it was or where i was or who i was with and so as an adult it became a little easier to get rid of things that don't have as much value and to just get rid of them if they don't serve a function or a purpose anymore. That's kind of one of the things that when when we see you're collecting items in your room, we tend to push a little bit more to get rid of them because we know that eventually they're just going to take up space and they're not really going to provide any enhancement to your life. Is that what you're asking all about? Yeah, like, I have a lot of stuff that people would, like, a dried-up leaf in my room. One of them is actually from an experience, and one of them is just because. And I've just got, like, scraps of paper, like a pack of destroyed sticky notes that I wanted to take home from school because, like, I, they don't even remind me of a thing. It's just, I just all of a sudden wanted them. Yeah. So, yes. Maybe we can talk about that in another podcast, something that has to do with sort of like hoarding, but not quite hoarding. Not hoarding. It's a little bit less extreme. Yes, collecting. (laughs) Collections generally have some sort of value, though. They're not just dried up leaves. That one has a value. Anyway, for now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, join the Facebook committee. Remember that those with ADHD and Asperger's can be pretty difficult to put up with. And all we ask is for a little grace. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.